This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's, it's, it's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the stinking truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Sick Juke Podcast. Mark Schler alongside Mike Evans. Please make sure you subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a like. Uh, let us know what's going on. Throw us a question. Whatever you, uh, what do you have? We'll try to answer all those things. But we appreciate each and every one of you every week for joining us. Mike, how are you, buddy? Doing great. Been enjoying the uh, combine. The combine different this year. Not as much action in terms of um, the the bench presses and the 40-yard dashes and everything. That's kind of been muted. But it's still important. And it's interesting some of the things that you learn listening to some of the coaches and general managers. Like, you know, for for our case here in Denver, desperately in need of a quarterback. And listening to how Sean Payton views the quarterback prospects and how – what's the best way to evaluate these guys? Because I know there are fans of teams all around the NFL – who are looking for a quarterback or hoping that the quarterback that they have right now ends up being the right guy. But Mm. why is it so hit or miss? Yeah, Uh, because I think, you know, it's it's interesting. I think if you look at the first round in general, probably finding a guy that becomes like a legit dude, right? If you're drafting a guy in the first round, you're thinking I'm getting a dude, I'm getting a guy. And if that guy doesn't pan out as a full-time, long-time starter, whatever, Pro Bowl type of guy, like it's probably a 50% miss rate in the first round. It's probably the highest miss rate based upon the rest of the draft because if you're drafting second through seven, you're probably your miss rate is probably a lot less in those rounds than your miss rate in the first round. And I think part of that, Mike, is because you get enamored by, you know, the the height-weight-speed triangle. You get enamored by athleticism. And the easiest thing in the world to see is athleticism. You can see that. But that doesn't necessarily tell you whether the guy can play or not. You know, I mean, uh, what do I always say about talent? Talent's wasted on talented people. So it doesn't tell you whether the guy can play. And you use 
the height, speed, weight, you know, all those things. You use that kind of those tangible things as an excuse not to study the film. You say, hey, man, he's got this height. He can jump over these many boxes. You know, he's got this 40 times. He's got this. He's got that. He's got this. You know, I always say about the bench press contest, you know, the, the 225, how many rests you can do 225? It doesn't make you a good football player. It makes you good at doing bench. That's all it makes you good at. And so it's really interesting. I think it almost becomes an excuse not to study the film. Whereas a guy like me, for instance, I didn't get invited to the combine, but I had really good testing. Like I, I showed up to other people's workouts and I, I blew 40s away and I, you know, jumped, you know, I had a great vertical jump and a great bench press test and everything else. What, what did that do? It created an opportunity for them to go, oh, shoot, this guy's a really good athlete. Let me go look at his film. Let me go confirm what I see athletically with the way this guy plays. It's almost the opposite of that with first-rounders. Let me not look at the film and let me just confirm what I think about a guy based on tangible numbers. And that, that really doesn't have a lot to do with whether you can play or not. And I think one of the big things about the quarterback position is – your ability, and everybody talks about it, Sean Payton was talking about it, your ability to process. It's the one thing in the draft process that you don't know, that you there is no test for it. So for any position, if you process exceptionally quickly, exceptionally quickly, exceptionally efficiently, <laughs> boom. If you process really quickly and you're right and you're an exceptional athlete yeah well now we're talking about the potential of being a hall of famer right but you cannot play in the national football league if you can't process quickly and so it's your ability pre-snap and post-snap to take information in through your eyes to disseminate the information quickly and then to instantly react and make the right decision and it has nothing to do with intelligence. That's the amazing thing. You can get up on a grease board. You can draw all that crap. And you can be absolutely eloquent the way you speak. And you can have all the answers when they pose them to you on that grease board or on that film in that film study. You know what it never looks like? It never looks like that when you're in a stance or you're playing whatever position you're playing when the game is live. And the guys that can react and the guys that can process quickly are the guys at every position that can play. If you can process quickly, you can play. And that's why when a Sean Payton comes out and, and basically says, you don't know, we, we, can, we can do every test and everything, right. but when it comes to being able to, he was, he was using the example, he goes, I, I need a guy that can process like that. Like once, yeah. One snap. He says, now there'll be some guys that could do it like, which right. is okay, but I need one. Right. And that's there isn't a test for that, right? Because yeah. the college game increasingly they don't play anything close to what NFL offenses look like. So yeah. how can you truly gauge well, it? You you're you're sitting there going, "Okay, how is this guy as a progression thrower?" Like how does he get through progressions? How does he read the defense? And in the college game, I mean, you're throwing 12 bubble screens a game. You got a lot of mirrored route concepts. You're not in charge at the line of scrimmage. 
And what I mean by you're not in charge, you may be in charge of an RPO game, right? So you flag that ball in the belly of a guy, and you're reading one dude. It's one route read, right? So you flag the ball in the belly of that running back. You see the defensive end pinch down, and you're looking at the nickel guy or looking at the outside linebacker, right? If that outside linebacker sucks up there, boom, throw it over his head to the drift route behind him. Well, you're not in charge of, hey, we're get we're gonna we're gonna fly to a three by one formation out of a two by two formation, and I want to change the personnel grouping, so I want to go in twelve personnel versus eleven personnel, and I want that's not college football. College football is line up statically in static formations, two by two, three by one, four by one, empty, right? You line up statically, and then you say, Where's my best matchup? Oh, there he is. Eyeball, 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 eyeball sight throw. It's not like, oh, that defense is not good for this route combination we've got. Let me get to the next one. Let me get to the next one. It's not processing information. So for me, watching the quarterbacks, it's hard for me to watch because it's absolute trash. The college game is trash. Uh-oh. Careful. A lot of college football fans out there. You're, you're saying the game that they love is trash. Yeah, well, it's it's trash from what you're asking those guys to do. You know, it's a it's a... It you know what call the college football is, and this is why so many guys don't transition well. College football is we are USC or we are, you know, we are Alabama or we're Michigan, Mich- whatever, and we have better athletes than you, and so we're just going to out athlete you. It's not about scheme. So you get in the NFL, and you know what everybody has great freaking players. And so now it's about your knowledge, about how you set guys up, about the leverage that you use, about how you attack a defense or a coverage. It's it's about how you run the ball based on the weakness of that defense, how you create those weaknesses. College football is, I've got better athletes than you. Pick one dude that's a better athlete than the guy covering him and go throw the football to him. And I'm simplifying it to, obviously, I'm simplifying it, but that's really what it becomes. So to me... Think about this. As an NFL scout or as an NFL coach, and you're looking at these quarterbacks that aren't doing what we're doing in the National Football League. They're not asked to eliminate a side based upon the coverage that you see pre-snap, confirmed post-snap, and get to the opposite side. So you're not you're not doing a lot of that progression throwing, and, and you're just not – it's just not the same, okay? So that would be like saying, okay, here's what I want you to do, Mike. I want you to go – down to the skateboard park, and I want you to watch these five guys ride skateboards. And I want you to watch them just grind, you know, the rail and, you know, do the loop-de-doop out of the swimming pool or whatever the hell they do over there at the skateboard park. So I want you to watch all that all that <laughs> stuff, right? And then what I want you to do is tell me who the, ba- the, who the best bicycle rider is. Yeah. I want you to watch them all ride skateboards, right. and then I want you to be able to evaluate who's the best bike rider. Right. And you're like, well, they, they don't they, ride the bikes. Right, right. Yeah, I know. I know they don't. But, but who's the best bike rider? Who looks like it would be the best bike rider. Right. Based upon. So, and, and I love what you're saying, and maybe we're kind of pulling the curtain back on the whole process because I know we've got fans probably – you got um, Chicago fans, Washington fans, New England fans, Denver fans, uh, Minnesota fans, all thinking about the idea of drafting or, or trying to move yeah. up to get a quarterback. And I, 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 I think it's it's staggering, just 
they'll try to convince you. The NFL people will try to convince you that, whoa, man, we're really studying these guys and anything. I think it really just kind of comes down to they're just rolling the dice. Brandon Bean, the Bills general manager, mm-hmm. was asked about uh, when he traded up for Josh Allen. And here's what he said. Quote, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give a bleep. And I think that's really how a lot of these teams and general managers go about when it comes to picking a quarterback. We need a quarterback. Everybody says we need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if I don't take a, sh- a shot on a quarterback, I'm probably going to get lose my job anyway. If I draft the quarterback and he doesn't work out, I'm probably going to lose my job anyway. Sure. And if I draft a quarterback and he works out, great. Instant job security. Right. What do I got to lose? Yeah. The other thing for But is that is yeah. that the main <laughs> is that what ultimately all this evaluation comes down to is hey, roll the dice. Yeah. It, there you is, thought I was doing something else. Right. There is part <laughs> I thought we were going back to the Cam Newton discussion. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I said that guy's beating off four that's, attackers. That's why I said roll the dice, because yeah. I didn't want anybody out there to okay. be thinking that all I was right. doing something else. All right. So I'm, yeah, but, but back to your back to your question or your statement or whatever the hell it was. I wasn't really paying attention. You threw me off of that. So back to your back to your assertion. Yeah, yeah. Like I think there's a lot of organizations, Mike. I think there's a lot of organizations that truly don't care about winning. Mm. They say they care about winning, and they act like they care about winning, but what they care about truthfully is increasing the value of their franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, year over year. And the desire to find one, and they're hard to find, and then what everybody says that's evaluating them, generational. You know how many times I've heard generational? And you may have generational physical traits, but beyond arm talent and Beyond arm talent and physical ability, you know, athleticism, right. you can't you can't truly evaluate what a guy is and what a guy isn't. Don't forget high ceiling. Yeah. Got a high ceiling. Right. And so, you know, ultimately for a lot of organizations, they have that roll the dice, pick one, anyone, they're all the same, and just hope and pray that it works out. And that's that's kind of that's kind of the problem with the whole the whole process, and there's a lot of organizations that'll say that'll just sit and say, "Hey, listen, we haven't been very good." I mean, Chicago Bears have never had a quarterback in the history of their franchise that's thrown it for over four thousand yards. Are you kidding me? Or thirty touchdowns in a season? Are you never? Kidding? Are you kidding me? And so for them, hey, let's move off of let's move off of Justin Fields, who we don't want to pay, and this is what I assume they're going to do, and let's go get Caleb Williams. And what happens? Well, we just bought ourselves another two or three years. Well, you know what? If he doesn't work well, the coach was a defensive guy in Eberflus. And listen, we like what he did to a point. He rectified and, and kind of straightened out the defense. But, man, it just didn't really work. And, you know, I mean, they just fired uh, they just fired their offensive coordinator. They went out and got a new guy and da 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 And so now we'll go down another two years of, hey, you know what? The future's bright, and he's going to be this drop-back guy. And everybody talked about him being generational. And if he's not, guess what? Well, you know, it was Eberflus. It was this. It was that. You know, not in the wrong, uh, in the wrong offensive system, whatever. And you just keep kicking the can down the road, selling your fan base on the next one. 
the next one. It's going to be the next one. It's the Jets. It's the next one. It's the next one. And eventually, you know, you've gone 20 years without being a playoff team. And you wonder what happened. And you draft another guy and then another guy. And then, you know, I just, I don't, the process, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not. It's exceptionally hard. And it's not college football's, you know, it's not college football's responsibility to develop quarterbacks for the NFL. They're trying to play their game. Um, and, and anyhow, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's easy, but gosh, it is. Uh, it's one of those things. You better fall in love with somebody's. You better fall in love with somebody as a guy. You better fall in love with his his skill set. But you also better have a great sense of who that dude is yeah. and the way that guy works and the way he's going to be dedicated to the craft. Let's let's mix up some other topics here because uh, the combine's going on, but there's still plenty of NFL news. I, I find this really intriguing. The free agent running back pool. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Listen to some of these names that figure to be out there as free agents because franchise tags yeah. are not going to be administered to these guys. Okay, I'm just off the top of my head. We've got Saquon Barkley, mm. Derek Henry, Tony Pollard, um, Austin Eckler, uh, Devin Singletary, DeAndre Swift, uh, Zeke Elliott. I mean, there are more out right. there. Uh, you know, possibly Josh, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I guess my first thought in, in all of that is I got football people every single week on this podcast, you saying how important the running game is. Have you ever seen a bigger disconnect between supposedly how important these guys are and how nobody wants to pay them? Right. But again, because unlike the quarterback position, the transition from college football to professional football at the running back position, and this is going to piss off a lot of running backs, may be the easiest transition in football. And so... You know, blame my former coach, Mike Shanahan, where every running back you go get, regardless of where you get him, rushes for a thousand yards. And so you get into, well, our system and we coach the guy the right way. And if the guy has the ability to see and read and understand that feel, he's he's going to be an effective tool for us. And, and all you got to do is go through the draft the last two years. Isaiah Pacheco, seventh rounder. And, like, the guy is a superstar. You know, he's a stud in the seventh round. The other thing you have to understand is in this business, at that position, those guys take such a beating that their shelf life doesn't last after their first contract. So the odds of that guy being productive and being healthy after his fourth year or fifth year is slim to none anyhow. And if I can just replace him with somebody who doesn't cost me anything, why would I franchise the guy? Why would I, you know, why would I go down that road? And so, yeah, it's become it's become one of those positions where your value, your value is it's just not it's just not one that NFL franchises put a lot of a lot of merit into your value as, you know, based on longevity and all those things. So that's tough news for the running backs, but it's great for the teams because there is a big pool of free agent running sure. backs with a lot of value there that you're you're not going to have to overpay for 
for these guys, and there's going to be a lot of options. Right. So if you're a team that needs a running back or if you're looking for a complementary running back, a thunder to your lightning or lightning to your thunder type running back, there got to be some really nice options out there that's not going to break the bank. Right. Yeah, that's the other thing is you're just not going to get long-term big-money contracts. And so you're 100% correct, man. If, if you want to sit there and – Go after Saquon Barkley, who is still an outstanding. He's an outstanding player, and he's a very versatile player. And you say, "Hey, man, we can get him on the cheap, two-year deal, three-year deal, whatever yeah. it is." Um, and and especially with these teams, I mean, the cap just went up thirty million dollars. <laughs> especially with these teams that have cap room, shoot, there are, there are guys who are difference makers at that position that are there going to be there for the taking. Miami Dolphins are reportedly talking about a contract extension with Tua Tonga Viola. Mm -hmm. Smart move? Or is it the only move? Right. I you know, I, I think it's a great it's a great question. I think it's more the only move than it is the smart move. And Tua, I mean, Tua had some some great games and was incredibly efficient and was it was great where he was great to me was anticipating windows and throwing it into windows but there's part of me that that sits and says is is that because two is that good or is that because he's got that many weapons you know it's the old it's the old what's more important a great quarterback that makes receivers great or great receivers that takes an average quarterback and elevates him. And like one thing we've seen with Patrick Mahomes is give me the greatest receivers on the planet. I'll win with them. Give me very average receivers. I'll win with them. You know, led the league in drops, led the league in like, like led the league in bad statistical categories and still won a Super Bowl. So, do I think two is a guy that can elevate receivers, average guys to become great? No, I don't. But they've got so much speed, so much athleticism. Um, and I will say that that there are a lot of things he's really good at. And so, I, again, I look at the quarterback market and go, well, where are you going to go then? If you decide to go away from him because right. you don't want to pay him, then where are you going to go? tough place to be in because you're not convinced he passes the confetti test, for example. Mm -hmm. But you also know he's not a bum. Right. And so I don't know if I can win big with him, but how difficult it's going to be to find somebody better than him. Yeah. And so that is a devil you know yeah. is, is better. Yeah. And so, I mean, let's face it. They won a lot of games and, and they put up a lot of points and they did a lot of really nice things this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you just have to pay him, but it's almost like that Daniel Jones contract you signed. Yeah. And it's what Chicago's going through right now. Yep. Is he a long-term solution? You know, ju Chicago's looking at, at Justin Fields going, okay, we like him, but do we love him? Mm -hmm. mm, we think he could be good, but, you know, Sean Payton said this at the draft the other day, or not the draft, but at the combine the other day, and he's 100% right. And he said, this league ultimately boils down, regardless of how athletic your quarterback is and all those things, can he beat people from the pocket? Because eventually what teams will make you do 
is beat them from the pocket. And the rush plan and everything else, all you have to do is go back to the AFC Championship game and watch Kansas City dismantle Baltimore and watch that offense sputter because their rush plan and the way they played them said, Lamar, beat us from the pocket. And if you can, we'll tip our caps to you. But we don't believe you can. And you know what? Baltimore put up 10 points. Lost the game 17-10. to 10. This prolific offense with the MVP quarterback operating it put up 10 freaking points. So eventually that's going to happen to you. And ultimately, as a team, to win a championship, you have to have a guy when they force you to play from the pocket, you have to have a guy that can play from the pocket. And until that changes, until somebody wins it some other way, I am going to go inside with Sean. You better have a dude that can do it from the pocket. One other one, and this goes back to your idea about the importance of if you're not sure you have the quarterback, you better put really good pieces around him. Mm -hmm. I think the Raiders are sending that message. They say they're not interested in trading Devontae Adams, and that seems to make a a whole heck of a lot of sense because Mm -hmm. when you're still unsure of what you have at the quarterback position, you don't want to be giving up on guys like Devontae Adams. It's crazy because when you think about Devontae Adams, I don't think about him as a guy that's, you know, double digits in this league. Like, this dude's been around for a long time. Yeah. He's still, ultimately, he's a, he's a big-time weapon. He's a very productive guy. But, yeah, you want, especially with free agency rolling out, you want to have... Like, if you're going to go down the Baker Mayfield route or, you know, one of those routes kind of thing, you definitely want to have weapons there that entice players to want to come play for you. Mm-hmm. And then if you're going to go down the, hey, let's go draft ourselves a rookie quarterback, you want weapons around that guy so you can give him the, you know, the, give him the biggest chance to succeed in a position that's really hard to succeed in. So, yeah, I, I can totally understand where they're coming from. And ultimately, you know, you look at it and go, what's more valuable to us, Devontae Adams or Josh Jacobs? Guess what? Devontae. Because we can go find another running back. Right. But you're not going to go find another Devontae. Anyhow. Final uh, final note, too. You were mentioning uh, Mahomes making chicken salad out of you-know-what you know at times this year. Marquez Valdez-Scanton uh, cut. Mm-hmm. Saving about twelve million dollars under the cap for Kansas City, uh, that 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 seems like a no-brainer. Made a big catch in the Super Bowl. Thank you very much. But mm-hmm. he it, came away with a couple of big catches in the playoffs yeah. down the stretch. But he was um, a disappointment at best. Yeah, drops and got to the point where he was hardly playing at all. And uh, but he did make some big plays down the stretch. So yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. And and you know, I mean. Um, those are the decisions that are being made right now. Those are not that they're tough decisions, but there's a lot of those decisions that will continue to come down the pike on players that are good, but they just don't quite fit. Where, where do you see Kansas City going in that direction with the wide receiver group? Because just because they made, or just because Mahomes made it work with less, do you think that's something they want to continue to test every year, mm. or do you see them trying to go back and go after a a, a big? Yeah, time big name well, receiver. I, I, I think ultimately, I think they feel like Rice is going to become that yeah. guy. You still have the middle of the field controlled with you know with Travis Kelsey, although that guy's been around for a long time too. Um, you know, 
I feel like you'll go out there and you'll go try to figure out, you know, in free agency who's a good receiver, who's a value guy that's going to bring you, you know, proposition value, like a guy that's going to bring you a lot of value that's not going to break the bank. Um, and I think there will be plenty of guys out there that you can negotiate with and do that. And then obviously you're going to try to draft the guy mm-hmm. too and see if you can, you know, keep, can go down that route. So, but they've got the advantage of having a unicorn playing quarterback for them. So, Whoever they have, they're going to be okay, and he's going to help make those guys successful. So they did it this year, and I just have a feeling they'll do it again. You know, in in the subsequent year, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, you know, one of the first teams um, since the Patriots of the two thousands or the Broncos of the the late nineties have a chance to threepeat, and but they have a legit chance. I mean, our quarterback retired, so that's going to be tough. You know, and it'll be it'll be interesting. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to you uh, grinding through combine tape over the next four or five days yes. and then being able to comment on all of it. There is nothing I like week. better than watching guys run around their underpants. Underwear Olympics, right. that's what he calls it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Hope there's another Chris Jones out there where his stuff falls out. <laughs> For everybody involved in the Stick Truth Podcast. You want to do the roll the dice thing? Or? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Leave it to me. <laughs> all the guys, everybody involved in the Stick Truth Podcast, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, and do all those things that you do. We appreciate you. We will uh, talk to you later on next week.